You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Okay, son, make me proud. Captain Cold has a father. Colonel Cold. Don't worry, I remember our deal. You leave me alone, I make sure no one dies. Oh. I thought I stepped on a near. Another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrowland, uh, where each week Glenn and I sit down and discuss the DC double shot, soon to be triple shot, on the CW. This week, Mr. Beauvais, we are talking uh, first, season two, episode three of The Flash, called Family of Rogues. Uh, can we actually say Tomorrowland, considering that's a Disney patent? Hmm, probably not. This is Warner Brothers, and this is a yeah, and we're talking DC and Marvel owns is owned mostly by Disney at this point. It feels like, uh, or at least the uh, the film division of Marvel, anyways. No, I mean they they own it all. Do they? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, they, yeah. They just separate. When you pay one, when you pay a billion dollars for yeah. something, you own it. I think that I think they just se- I think they just separated the movie and the TV divisions. Like that's not they have a movie, the TV, and they have a comic like comics division. division. Exactly like Warner Brothers, the trifecta. Except they have an animated division, and I don't know why those people aren't running everything. Yeah, I was just I was just trying to find a way that I could extend the title of the podcast even further. No, that's fine. Um, you could say legendary. Uh, Flashing arrows of tomorrow, two podcasts for this Earth Two thing that they're doing. Mayhaps. Um, well, let's get into this. What was a very CW like show <laughs> uh, is the best way that I can put it. Um, and it's we'll we'll talk about it, but it, w- it was very CWE at points and caused me no end of disappointment. Uh, all right, so let's talk about it. Uh, the team, by which we mean the Flash and his friends, locate one of the singularity breaches in the lab, and Jay Garrick creates a device, of course, that stabilizes it and will allow him to return home. Uh, however, Caitlin Snow basically like, I don't want you to go home. I love you. Because everybody loves somebody on this show, Glenn. There yeah, are, she was she's so heartbroken about Ronnie. There are 27.2 million romantic storylines going on on The Flash this season. Or at least that's what it feels like. Um, There's only... There was only four and a half this episode. Yeah, that's it. Uh, But he opts to stick... That's an actual number. I'm not... Yeah, no, 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 he's not making that up. That's legitimate. (laughs) Uh, I was slightly exaggerating before with the 27.2 million. Um... But Jay opts to stay to help Barry and stop Zoom. I tried to say that so you could hear me doing air quotes. Yeah, I thought when you said Jay opts, and I was like, I don't know that care. Oh, Jay Garrick. Okay. Yeah. 
is opting to stay to help Barry. Basically, he's staying because... Uh, he doesn't know if he's going to get through there. And basically, well, and basically, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. And basically, he can tell that Caitlin really wants him, and he's just staying for the nookie. Clearly, um, but he's pretending that he's going to help Barry. Well, CW's never done anything like that. Absolutely not on uh, any of their superhero shows. Meanwhile, my favorite family last name reappears when <laughs> Lisa Snart shows up, aka the Golden Glider, um, who is never glided on anything gold uh but the golden glider no less shows up asking for the flash's help in rescuing her brother lenny aka captain cold who she believes was kidnapped barry tracks down cap and reveals that he was in fact not kidnapped but is working with his father lewis who is in fact a giant dick no he's michael ironside (laughs) Oh, I mean, he's Michael Ironside, and which of course was amazing, but he's also a giant dick. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's all Michael Ironside ever plays. He's definitely a penis face. He's assholes, but he was an asshole. Um, Lisa swears that Leonard would never work with their father willingly. You see, they're estranged from their father, and uh, they had a slightly abusive relationship, especially towards her when they were children. Eventually, the team, however, determines that Lewis... Uh, placed bombs inside of Lisa, not just Lisa, but other people as well. He blew up a dude's head earlier to prove a point when the dude was picking on Captain Cold because he's not even sure why he's here because he's just got a cold gun and what the fuck good is that? So uh, his dad blew up this guy's head and it turns out (laughs) that Lisa has one of these things in her spell. And basically... Uh, he's going to kill Lisa if Leonard does not help him steal some diamonds. Well, again, what a dick! Just for some diamonds. Uh, I hear, Glenn, you can't even trade those in for cash at the villain's store, so... No, I can't. <laughs> You'll have to listen to another podcast to get that joke. Uh, and listen to it before this one, so if you hear this and don't know what we're talking about, stop this podcast and then go listen to the Gotham podcast. And then come back and then replay that, and I'm sure you'll be rolling on the floor laughing. Well, I mean, the guy who was trading them also has a freeze gun. That's right. That is right, sir! Oh, my goodness. Uh, Barry infiltrates Lewis's crew with the assistance from Leonard. Uh, He pretends to be a nerdy guy who does nerdy things, so it was a stretch for Barry. Um, Cisco successfully removes the bomb from Lisa, so Leonard uses his cold gun to kill his father in retaliation. Meanwhile, Dr. Stein's... He cold cocks him. Sure did. Uh, (laughs) Meanwhile, Dr. Stein's condition continues to deteriorate. And Earth 2 Harrison Wells arrives through a singularity breach at the lab. Glenn, what did you think of Family of Rogues? Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily good, but damn, was it cartoony. (laughs) um, Sure. uh, I... (laughs) I wish Michael Ironside had more to do, and you could yeah. hold. I mean, I love him. I love him to death, but man, he was just getting a paycheck. <laughs> uh, oh, sure. He, that was Paul Giamatti. Paul, Paul Giamatti levels of, I don't give a fuck yeah. what I'm doing. Where's Pay my, me. yeah, here's my routing number to my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> Once you've provided me the receipt. Uh, I will say my lines and then depart your set, good sir. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
What's the, what love storyline do you want to start with first? Um, he, uh, well, I mean, because I do want to break each one of these down. I mean, we talked about Jay Garrick and Caitlin, which is really just Jay Garrick being completely oblivious at first to her insanely obvious advances. Yeah, well, I mean, and this is kind of the the bad thing about this being a a CW show. Like, you know, Aaron's talked about the Jessica Jones thing and how, like, that's just going to get Nasty. raunchy. Yep. And uh, with this being on this show, uh, I mean, it's a teenage network, so I don't know why you wouldn't just... I mean, I guess I know why, but it's not like they wouldn't want to see that kind of... Uh, slightly sexual explicit content because it's not even mm-hmm. like they I wish they could e- I wish they wouldn't even address it in a way of oh yeah she totally likes him like no she just wants to bone him and you can that's all she wants from him it seems like yeah. like she finds him hot well just the way she talks about like the way even Daniel Panabaker looks like it's just she just wants to fuck him and that's it like mm-hmm. that's that's all I'm getting from there. Um, the new Gordon, oh, God damn it, uh, Jesse O. Martin's new partner. Um, oh, Patty Spivet. Yeah, uh, in the, the comics, the, the Spivet Barry. I, I would just like to say, for my part, the the Patty and Barry romance to me feels like a saner version of the Kringle Nigma relationship from Gotham. Yeah. It's like the same thing, except. Uh, one of them is not insane; is in fact a superhero. Uh, it, it's just two nerdy people that are nerdy about each other. Is what it feels like to me. But yeah, like Jim and Pam. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, in a, in a way, in a, a much more heightened way. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, they. I mean, in the comics, they don't ever get together. Uh, because by the time she's around, he is in fact already making advances towards Iris and eventually marries Iris. Right. Uh, and then she just leaves because, and she never reveals him that she likes him. So hmm. I'm going to guess they're going to date for a little bit. It's and also very, like, I was go ahead. I was going to say, it's just very obvious here as well. Yeah. And it's not like, uh, I mean, that none of that stuff ever happens and she never knows who he is. So, um, even though in these shows, I'm sure she's gonna fucking find out that he's the Flash. Yeah. Um. So that is just in the comics. It's an interesting storyline because it's so much more one sided. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that you don't ever really get to see. Usually, those roles ah. are reversed. So to put it in a to put it in a context that I can understand, it's it's like. Uh... Oh God! I swear, if we're gonna fucking talk about Star Trek. Oh no no no! Actually, I was gonna say I was gonna say it's similar to like the Doctor and his companion, especially recently when they've had younger yeah yeah exactly doctors where the companions tend to fall in love with him, but he's like two thousand years old and does not look at them like that. Um, I'll definitely say, uh, from what I remember and what I've seen, like Rose and Christopher Eccleston. Uh, it was really more with Rose, uh, Rose Tyler, and. Uh, uh, David Tennant's doctor was yeah, but it was more eventually that. like kind of give in to some kind of love aspirations. Like, don't they kind of end up and... like, together or a version of himself? So there... <laughs> I don't want to turn this into who made who, but no, there is a there is an episode where 
uh, he is dying and he's going to regenerate and turn into a new doctor. But uh, from an episode previous, uh, from his first episode, David Tennant's first episode, he is still freshly regenerating and gets a hand cut off a la, a la Luke Skywalker. But because he is still regenerating, his body regrows the hand. So he's got like this bonus hand in a jar in his TARDIS. And as he's regenerating, he redirects the energy into that hand and basically stays looking like David Tennant. But by shooting all of that energy into the hand, it creates like a, a metacrisis version of David. So there's two David Tennants and one of them ends up staying with Rose Tyler. It's very complex and doesn't make a lot of sense. But that is, in fact, what happened. Uh, okay. So people are like, what the fuck is all of this that don't ever listen to who may do are now completely confused. Uh how about Lisa Snart and Cisco Ramon, Glenn? That's another relationship. For, uh, that's just uh, budding. She is bad news bear, Cisco. Yeah, stay away she from is, her. Man, she's a she villain. is. She would make a good Catwoman. She is a very good tease. Yeah. Um, Cisco's a fool, though. I, I think mean, it's mostly because of her eyes, man. Yeah, I, we've all. I mean, we've Oof. all been. We've all been there. There is the there is the relationship where you know it's bad news, but you just can't help yourself. <laughs> and then you leave, then go back to it. Um, just it happened, Cisco. We just take it from. We're we're coming from a, a place of experience. Just let it go. <laughs> don't. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really have much to let go of, but don't. Just no, don't it's, do it's, it. It's starting. Was there another relationship that I missed on this episode? Well, I mean, I was talking about the continuation of uh, of Barry and Iris's thing. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. It's kind of like a uh, half a relationship, yeah. And uh, we, we, we nailed three, right? So that's kind of... That was the half. And then I was going to talk about... Um, I don't know why I keep thinking of Gotham characters, but Jesse L. Martin and his wife. So there's mm. this bit of a, I mean, Joe even West, though it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, that was, that was CWE as well. I look, I'm just, that, that came out of nowhere. Annoyed, he's like, um, uh, your mother was a drug addict. You don't remember. You made the call. You were seven. Yeah. Uh, we told you she's dead, but she's not. And she's actually living in the city now. And she wants to see you like that was just so soap opera ish. And like that combined with thought, all see, relationships. I thought she had known that her mother had left. I'm pretty sure in the first season, they talk about how he makes a comment that mom skipped town on that. Oh yeah. 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 But she never said I know he made a comment about mom ma- skipping town. Yeah. So the whole, like, he told her she was dead. Like, I know you made that comment. I know you've made that comment. I know I've heard it. I'm not, I don't care enough to go back and figure it out, but. Mom never skipped town. She was just living in an air conditioner box underneath the bridge. Uh, apparently is how that whole thing went down, but. Apparently she didn't die. Yeah. I um, mean, this was a, this was an okay episode. Uh, but the, just the barrage of everybody having to be in a romantic relationship, just, I, I just don't care. Need to have everybody in a romantic relationship. I want to see, I want to see superheroes do superhero stuff on my superhero show. It feels like they're trying to juggle a lot of things. And if I, if they just focused on the zoom stuff, if they just focused on portal in, in earth Two, Yeah. It'd be like, that's the stuff I care about. Like, the fact that Jay Garrick was in the first scene and last scene was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, just if they did that, I'm fine with villain of the week stuff, but they've got too many overarching stories that they're trying to cram into 42 minutes and most of those no one cares about. Oh, and Felicity is also uh oh wait, no, that's on Arrow. Never mind. Is that <laughs> happening on Arrow? What? Felicity? Yeah, she's definitely on Arrow. Yeah, that no, cuz there's been stuff happening on Arrow that I think also semi-tied to this. Uh, eh, I, we'll I, talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh <laughs> What were your what's your what's they, your They sure love talking about that fucking train. That's <laughs> What's your score for Family of Rogues? Um I don't know, like three, three and a half. Like it, I wasn't. It was right around Gotham. It wasn't bad, but this a, one of those episodes I'm just watching to watch. Yeah, I'm giving it a three as well. Uh, it was. I, I would have maybe given it a little bit higher, but like I said, it was just so much relationship I mean, stuff. Uh, Snart freaking pierced a hole in his father was pretty sweet. That was pretty great, and he deserved it. Yeah, he deserved that guy was a dick. Yeah. Um uh, uh, was that was it this week that they did the flash uh, uh type of cappuccino or whatever? Um, I don't know. Cause ran into pivot and she's like, Oh yeah, did you Oh, I see that you're the flash and he's like, Uh she's like, Yeah, you got the flash coffee. <laughs> Oh, shit, I didn't realize that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I like because it is. I mean, he's like, because <laughs> the Flash is, it's super corny. Yeah. I mean, the Flash Day, Flash Museum, like, it's all about, they love him. They love him. You know, it's the Midwest. They love the guy. They really do love that guy. And it's, which is fun, but I'm glad that, I'm glad they're sprinkling more of that kind of stuff in. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's these, these love triangles and, Man, by the time they're done with it, it's going to be pretty close to Scrubs and Friends as far as, like, everybody have slept with one another at one mm-hmm. point. Or coupling. Uh, that, one, that one's for Ben. Uh, so, there you yeah. go. There you go, Ben. Uh, all right, so... Underrated. Uh, let us speak of Arrow. Season 4, Episode 3, Restoration. What do you do? I play cards. Mostly. Tattoo cards don't look like much, but they're lethal. Game's not over. Alright, so uh, Laurel and Thea. What was that, sir? I said that has nothing to do with cards. No, it does not. But it does have to do with uh, Sarah. So she's not a car. No, but she's being restored. Or, or it's someone who makes like fixes all the things from Pawn Stars. Yeah. No, no. She's she's being restored to uh, to life. Just put her in a pokey center. Uh, that could happen as well. Uh, Laurel and Thea arrive at the Nanda Parabat and request that Malcolm. That was oh my gosh when she said that. Did she say Parabat? Uh, what's her name? Laurel. Laurel Lance did. She didn't. Refer, she didn't refer to it as Nanda Parbat. She said we're gonna go to Nanda Parbat. Nanda. Nanda Parbat. Nambla Parbat. Nanda. Uh, 
so they go and, and talk to Malcolm, aka Malcolm L. Ghoul, aka Rachel Ghoul. Aka Ghoul. Uh, yeah. Uh, they ask him if they can use the Lazarus Pit to bring Sarah back to life, and he's like, you know, it's kind of used for people that are sort of on their way to being dead, not like really, really dead and decaying. Uh, so he refuses initially, but in order to appease Thea, he eventually agrees. He's like, well, there might be some crazy people up in the mountains that might have some voodoo shit that we can try and that with the pit. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, when Sarah returns, Feral, however, because it works, ladies and gentlemen, Nissa destroys the Lazarus pit in retaliation. By the way, Nissa was not a fan of this whole there's thing. some weird mood setting lights they have in that pit. They do. Well, I mean, it's it doubles as a hot tub as well. You got to have the mood. <laughs> Man, I really want the the lights changing as I come back to life. Really sets the mood. Right. Well, I mean, you know, when they're not bringing people back to life, I'm sure Malcolm Merlin has some lady friends over, and they hop in a Lazarus pit and drink champagne, and you need some romantic lighting uh, <laughs> for that to really come together. Um, and then you're having sex with a bunch of other souls. That's right. That's crazy. Think about that. That's really gross. <laughs> uh, an Argus operative. It's like ghost. <laughs> but wait, it's like ghost, but with an, an just an orgy of Patrick Swayze. Is yeah. actually, I think. Well, you uh, know, that, that actually doesn't sound that bad. Um. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, an Argus operative delivers Judge Diggle information. On uh, the woman, Mina Fayad, uh, that w- that hired Floyd Lawton to kill his brother. Um, Fayad also works for Hive and meets with Damien Dark about the growing issue with vigilantes in Star City. She brings in a metahuman hitman named Jeremy Tell, uh, a.k.a. Double Down. Uh, which, by the way, I believe his, his last name is also a nod to yes. poker as well. Yes, it is. Uh, he can turn his playing card tattoos into physical projectiles. Uh, after Tell's initial failure, Dark kills Fayad for challenging him. Uh, Diggle and Oliver team up to take down Double Down, but uh, they get no new information on Hive. So I don't really know what the point was of all of that. In flashbacks, though, Oliver is forced to use torture techniques to interrogate the prisoners. <laughs> We're being used to harvest a heroin cocaine yes, hybrid plant. I was going to say, you mean the people who work for Pablo Escobar? Yes. Uh, cocaine-win plants uh, after a parcel of drugs goes missing. Boy, could anybody care any less about the goddamn island flashbacks? Holy crap. Uh, They're dumb. Also, uh, Feliz- I can now, now I can talk about this. Felicity's getting weird messages on her phone that probably are not at all from a really minuscule Roy Palmer. Ray Palmer, whatever his fucking name is. Um, I'm sure he's really super tiny and he's inside her phone or some shit and he's putting messages on there. I'm pretty sure it's him, right? Nobody else is doing that. Or her boyfriend that's really that... The hacker guy? Yeah, the hacker guy. Like, maybe he gets... I mean, I know he's dead, but, you know, maybe he put his subconsciousness into uh, a computer and became a space satellite. <laughs> like in the comics, where it's a space satellite. Her boyfriend's a space. Who's your boyfriend? Space satellite. Oh. Well, you know, just like what you, Mr. Universe did in Serenity. You know, they killed me, Mal. Um, killed I would like. Sword. I would like to note that I'm guessing this is a pen name, but I'm hoping it's not. Uh, 
This episode was co-written by a person named Speedweed. Which I'm that, guessing is a pen name, but... That is amazing. Uh, he is well known for his work on the CBS drama NCIS Los Angeles. Oh, God. He's also worked on Political Animals and the Sci-Fi Network's Haven. Hmm. Uh, so there you go. I mean, I could find it... I could see that it's pretty hard to get a job, uh, a serious job, like a good old-fashioned drama with that name. <laughs> I, I don't think he's going to be This episode of Boston Eagle, written by yeah. Speedweed. This episode of House of Cards and Mad Men is written by <laughs> Speedweed. <laughs> Uh, what did you think of Speedweed's episode did here? Thor Thrunthal direct this episode too, because this might be the best like name combo ever for a television show. Unfortunately, no. Damn. Um, however, Speedweed, looking at this, Speedweed does have another episode coming up in a few weeks. So, oh, that's great! I'm so happy. What did you think of Speedweed's episode this week? <laughs> <laughs> that's just how we're going to refer to it. Um, restoration, sir. It's um, Speedweed's restoration. As far as like the phone goes, it may be Ray Palmer. I think it's it probably has to do with that hacker spaceship. I I don't I don't know how they bring him back, but you know they got to throw in uh, that Felicity was a hacker. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's like the Suicide Squad episodes, except not as cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they got to do that, and the island. I mean, wow. It's not even the fucking magical plants from Batman Begins, which they look exactly like. Like, this would be... I don't know. What flashback episodes did you give zero shits about when you watched Lost? Like, um, what What were the ones that you didn't... Like, oh, man, we're going into this guy's storyline? Who cares? I mean, I'm sure there were probably some, but I can't think of any that I was less interested in than these flashbacks for, like, the last <laughs> two seasons on this show. Uh, like I was all in like the first season I was like wow this is interesting and the second season even I was like yeah this is pretty interesting and then the last year it was just like who gives a shit about any of this stuff about the like, second season one those were really good yeah like there was good stuff happening in those flashbacks and they were tying into like when the flashbacks worked best last year and I think it happened once maybe twice is when the flashbacks actually tied into the episode we were watching like they they had correlating themes or you know something and uh you know nothing they're just it feels like we've got to do flashbacks so let's just ham fist some sort of storyline in there so there's something to do and we'll we'll spend we'll spend a few weeks shooting it and that's it and then we'll get the fuck out of here and move on uh because it does feel like they're just in the show to just be in the show because they've always been in the show so they're always gonna be in the show and yeah it's you know it's just kind of the problem when you plan things out i'm sure that uh when what berlanti isn't that the guy's name mm-hmm, when he when so. he came up with this that you know because i know you know i've said it before like it, he has it all mapped out like what each year for the island is yeah. and he probably wrote the first year and wrote the fifth year and was like oh fuck i gotta fill these in somehow <laughs> and uh and and quickly ran out of ideas after the second ran season. out of speed yeah he's like the second season was going along good and then he was like oh shit uh uh, uh china <laughs> yeah that's it he gets off the island yeah and then he goes to emerald city but 
doesn't or emerald city jesus uh now we got to get him back on the island so uh, <laughs> uh now that he's there what's he gonna uh, uh they found drugs. him on the island and he's got to get there somehow with long hair again uh then there's drug plants and uh... <laughs> and how come all the like how come all the field workers are hispanics like they're in the chinese ah, yes why, like, why would it be, I don't know, Asian? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That is a long way to have to take immigrants to make them work on your fucking yeah. heroin, cocaine, flower island. Yeah. It's not like the Amazo ship where he just had, like, detainees on it. Right. But, uh, uh, any, uh, other, any other thoughts about this episode? No, I mean... Uh, I knew that that badass thing was coming along... And then it happened. Oh, yeah, with... uh... And it was such an eye roller. I'll say this. The one thing, though, with Felicity, when she basically tells Oliver and Diggle to settle their differences, I kind of perked up a little bit. Like, she didn't do too bad of a job with that rah-rah speech. No, she did not. I was really impressed. Um, She has moments of being quite good. It's that they usually... It feels like they usually just stick her in traditional girl on a CW television show. Yes. Yes. Uh, character moments. Yes. Um, I'll say the fight choreography. I noticed it with, uh, when Merlin was fighting Nissa. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was pretty well done. I was really impressed. I was like, man, that's actually kind of badass looking. Yeah. This show has never failed to please me when it comes to like fight scenes. Like, Some of the stuff really they good. do with Oliver Queen is a little hokey. Yeah. Uh, most of that I give a pass because it's like, it looks like it's him most of the time. Yeah. And obviously it you don't want to get him hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear he so does a lot of his stuff. Yeah, he does do a lot of his own. But it's, uh, I, I kind of get that. Um, but always like with the side guys, great. And I didn't think that, and I thought like this, the Damien Dark scene was pretty sweet too, especially when we just threw that thing right in her throat i was like damn mm-hmm. that was pretty gruesome um and it's one of those things where the power if i told you it is really stupid <laughs> and i kind of thought it was pretty awesome like he just takes tattoos off his body and just throws them and they're like yes. ninja stars that's pretty badass no i mean uh, if he was smart he would get like tattoos of like really dangerous weapons yeah no right but I guess the idea is that he can't, like... He's already tattooed up. Yeah, well, my guess is, like, he can't, like, tattoo, like, a minigun on his, oh. like, something and pull off a minigun and actually use it as a minigun. I'm wondering if he can only pull them off as tangible objects to throw. Or, like, smaller things, because, I mean, that, you know, you can't, you know, create or destroy matter. So... I don't know if it's just one of those that has to be something small. I mean, he could probably get a tattoo of like a little hooker gun. There you go. And get little, you know, little bullets and stuff for it. The, that uh, but no, it was it was okay. I thought it was a fine episode. Yeah, it was it was fine. I liked it a little bit better than uh, the Flash. Definitely, I liked it better than the Flash. I liked it better than Gotham this week. Um, yeah, it was it was totally fine. There wasn't a lot going on though, obviously. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Flash, you should probably learn a thing or two. <laughs> and I'm glad this whole Diggle being mad at Oliver Queen is done with. Yeah, I mean they they look they work better as friends. Sure. 
I don't believe that they don't like each other. Oliver takes a. There's a, there's the scene right where <laughs> Oliver takes a, a bullet right where he's like, "You took a bullet for me." He's like, "Well, a tattoo of a playing card or whatever the fuck he says." So yeah, still counts. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly a bullet. Uh, although it's not, it's not as courageous sounding as you took a playing card for me. Yeah, uh, this isn't Magic the Gathering. A, a metahuman tattooed playing card. Um, yeah, it was it was a fine episode. I don't know what would you what would you grade this one, sir? Uh, like a three and a half, only to give it a higher rating. I I, I don't want to say four, but yeah, three and a half. It was fine. Um, nothing I was like super impressed with, except for like I said, like that Felicity scene was pretty good. I was really impressed, but. Outside of that, it was fine. I mean, the fight, like you said, the yep. it was a solid. It was a solid, solid episode. If you forego the flashbacks, this is a three and a half for me. Uh, <laughs> if I have to keep... They were <laughs> so far and few in between, I yeah. don't even... I forget they happen, yeah. Yeah, they, they're... And that was the thing, too, you're talking about, like, with the earlier episodes, is they happened a lot. Uh, like, they kind of took up more screen time. I, mean, I would say the season two finale was almost as more impactful in the flashbacks than it was yeah how far they they have fallen from that uh they used to be important but yeah now you're lucky to get about a minute or so on the flashbacks and that's because they don't deserve much time they're they're just there to be there they are the selena kyle of this show they put them in here just to put them in here yeah, too bad they don't have their own supervillain warehouse, though. I know they could uh, clearly the ghosts could use could use. I mean, they have an excellent name for it, the Hive. There you, there you go. Uh, there's um, uh, yeah, like the if I ha- if I have to pay attention to the flashbacks, maybe it's like a three and a quarter episode, but I just no. ignored them and gave it three and a half. So uh, that'll do, Speedweed. That'll do. We look forward to your next. <laughs> We look forward to the the next Speedweed Presents Arrow episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be a wrap for this week. But Glenn and I will return to talk season two of The Flash, episode four, called The Fury of Firestorm, and season four, episode four of Arrow, called Beyond Redemption. It's Ben, the Cinema Geekly voiceover guy. They asked me to do a new voiceover for Halloween. Of course, I'm from England, where Halloween is called the Festival of Dingalofty. We have fine traditions of giving children small lanterns made of turnips to throw at passing deer. And if they hit one, they're allowed to go to bed without being beaten with bay tree branches. We adults then stay up all night putting sharp detritus from around the house into shiny sweetie wrappers to stop the ghosts and ghouls from using them as hair adornments. So it's pretty similar to your door-knocking-and-throwing-X bullshit, really. So take care, and have a thoroughly terrifying dingalofty. And then look up how we celebrate the 5th of November, and why. Burning effigies are so festive.